Thanks for tuning in to our bonus episode preview. This is just a short sample of this week's exclusive Patreon episode. You can hear the episode in its entirety by becoming a member at patreon.com slash indoctrination, where you'll gain access to all of our exclusive episodes and merchandise. I am so excited to be able to have Kelly back on the show. I talked to you a while ago and we talked about conspiratorial thinking and the flat earth society, et cetera, et cetera. And you were researching it and writing about it. And I know that you have been immersed in that as well as other things too. And I wanted to check in with you and kind of have you update us on some of the new trends, some of the things we should probably be watching out for, and what you've noticed, sort of the the twists and turns of these societies, because I always find that very interesting. So if you don't mind taking a moment to just introduce yourself, and then we'll start talking. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Kelly Weil. I am a reporter at the Daily Beast, where I cover the far right and conspiracy theories and disinformation. And I am most recently the author of Off the Edge. It's a new book about the flat earth movement and conspiracy culture at large. I love the name of it, the title, Off the Edge. So take us wherever. What have you found? What have you researched? We'll get cooking. I'm sure you have a lot to share. Sure. So I've been on the disinformation beat for a while now. It's uh, It's been very active, as you might imagine. There is a lot of conspiracy content around, a lot of misinformation. But around 2017, I started getting very interested in flat earth theory. And the reason for that is because it seems so ludicrous. It seemed like a case study in how people could believe anything at all. And At first, I actually thought they were joking, and I spent some time with the theory and found out that they were very serious. And I delved in there. I spent about the better part of five years following this movement. I went to a lot of their conferences. I spoke with a good number of flat earth believers. And what I came away with was this sense that we have a capacity to believe things that are completely unmoored from fact and that if people are motivated enough to believe something even completely ludicrous, they often find a way to do so. So that was a lot of what I've been exploring in the book. And fortunately or not for me, definitely unfortunately for the rest of the country, um, a lot of those themes have become even more evident over the course of my reporting, and there's been a surge of um, conspiracy theories about health and vaccines and elections. So it's uh, been a very relevant topic uh, in my eye, and I'm really excited to have this book out and hope that maybe it can explain things for some people. Right. And so I'm curious, you know, when I talk to some people who are sharing information that is, I, I think, is sort of on the right track, but others find is counter to the way they believe or they find it offensive, the responses can get ugly. The responses can get very uh, kind of personally attacking. And I know that that has happened with a previous guest who was talking about mindfulness, sometimes not always being a perfect thing and getting threatening. I mean, this is kind of an ironic sentence. She's getting threatening messages from the mindfulness community. But it wasn't that she was saying all of it is bad and let's throw it all away. She was saying, look at it critically and take from it what seems helpful to you or what seems factual, et cetera. So I'm wondering what responses you've gotten. 
You know, most of the responses I've got from this book, granted it's only been out for about a month, have been really positive. It's been incredible to hear just the accounts of people who've had conspiracy theories play a massive role in their lives. For a lot of these readers, they're people who've had a close family member kind of go off the deep end with conspiracy belief, and they're wondering how to reconnect. But I've received a number of interesting uh, responses from the Flat Earth community. Not all of them nice. I don't think all of them responding have read the book, which is a little unfortunate. But um, some from people either in the community or adjacent to it saying, hey, obviously we don't agree about this, but certain issues that I raised did resonate with them. And they weren't always issues of fact, issues of whether Earth is flat or not, but certain elements like uh, anti-Semitism, which is something that I point out in the community, some people saying, yeah, that is a, a blind spot currently. So if nothing else, I'm grateful to have that kind of dialogue because I appreciate that these theories become a lot of people's identity. And when your previous guest was talking about mindfulness, even you know, offering what sounds like a very nuanced critique, often people don't like to hear any of that critique and they feel like it's an attack on them and their beliefs. So, you know, if there's any inroad from this book to having these discussions with the flat earth community, I'm grateful for it. I'm glad. For, I'm happy for you and relieved for you that the responses have been mostly positive. I do want to go back to talking about the anti-Semitism, which is woven into so much of this, and it's so unfortunate, and it goes to sort of the usual suspects. But I find also that there are people, I think, who feel very threatened when something moves out of this realm of black and white, and when they have to kind of look at things in a different way and maybe not have the answer or that it's not so absolute, it's not so pure. And I think that's hard for a lot of people who are who are needing it as their anchor in a lot of ways. Absolutely. You know, you, um, I talked to you obviously for this book and I was so grateful for your perspective. And you actually gave me a quote that I used very near the end because it was so perfect. And you described the state of sort of operating in the gray, not operating so much in a black and white uh, ideology where facts align so neatly on either side of the partisan battle. And I can imagine that actually is very difficult for people because if you have a slate of ideas and you're told that this is what your team believes and these are the correct opinions for someone in the flat earth community or uh, a certain political party, I think that's easy for people. I think uh, it helps them have a sense of identity and it's almost kind of a shortcut, right? It's hard to come up with an opinion on every issue of the day, but if you have sort of the prepared slate there, that simplifies things. And I think that resonates with a lot of people who get pulled into conspiracy movements. Right, right. Yeah, I think that sometimes, and and I don't mean to say this in a dismissive way, but I've noticed that there is a percentage of people who do suffer from anxiety. And there's also a percentage of people who have more obsessive thinking. And so the absoluteness of it is calming. And when you have a formula that's calming, sometimes you don't look at if it has merit. Um, You almost don't want to know because, you know, it feels so good to believe it. And so I'm just curious about if it serves people's anxiety or just the need to have something that you can hold on to that makes you feel like everything makes sense. 
Absolutely. You know, I was at this one flat earth conference where someone described her flat earth belief in almost exactly those terms. So for your listeners, flat earthers tend to believe that the entirety of the universe is contained within a little dome around the earth. They think it's the earth and nothing else. And this woman who is a very prominent flat earther, she was giving a talk on a panel and she said that prior to finding flat earth, she was very intimidated by the scope of the universe. This idea that it was infinite and that she was a tiny speck in it and you know, how to reconcile that with her belief in uh, in, in God. And it, it was a difficult proposition for her. And she said when she found Flat Earth, she realized that the world was small and she is special in its scope. And I think it put a very neat bracket on all the possibilities for her. It narrowed the world, the universe into a finite, understandable quantity. And I would be willing to guess that that draws a lot of people to Flat Earth as well. Wow. Oh my goodness. I actually got chills because I wonder how many other people feel that way, that they need to be able to wrap their head around something that we just can't because it is so vast. And, you know, when you've seen these graphs, where it says, you know, the size of our planet and then solar system and then on and on and on. And, and you realize you're a teeny, 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 tiny. And for some people that does feel very uncomfortable. And then I think they worry just about not mattering or not being seen. Wow. So interesting. It is. And it's funny because it took me a while to come around to that point of view because I'm sort of the opposite. I, I love outer space and, you know, grew up in planetariums and that kind of thing. And the possibility there is really fascinating to me. But I guess it does make sense that if you want to understand things, well, why not, you know, try and first grapple with a, a smaller quantity? And again, I do think that's satisfying to some people who believe that theory. Right. I mean, just thinking about people in society in general, there are some people who really love going into these big box stores where there are thousands of choices and others have an immediate panic attack with all the choices and how big it is. And they'd rather go to a small little corner shop because then they can master that space. And there are just a few choices. And so it's so interesting to think about it this way, that it serves that purpose as well. I'm wondering also how it all started. Where did this flat earth idea come from? Sure. So there's this very common misconception that we've thought earth was flat for you know thousands of years and that the round earth is a fairly new invention. And it's actually the other way around. We've known for more than 2,000 years that we live on a globe. We have um, Greek mathematicians around 500 BC figuring this out just on the basis of things like uh, horizon lines and shadows. It's actually pretty easy to prove that we live on a globe, even if you can't see it with the naked eye. And so all the myths about Columbus thinking he might sail over the edge, they're just that. They're myths. By that time, explorers had you know robust astronomical equipment and they could tell their locations. Flat Earth theory really emerged in the 1800s. There's one guy that we can credit for it. He's an English inventor named Samuel Burley Raubotham. He was an interesting guy. He was the leader of a failed utopian commune. He later sold fake miracle cures, but he really came to fame after inventing flat earth theory on the basis of some experiment he said he conducted on a canal. And he said that he could see much further than a round earth horizon line would allow him to. And 
it's very funny because I've spent a lot of time with modern day uh, conspiracy theorists, people who have their own books and their own YouTube channels. And he strikes me as very much a very modern figure in that respect. He came up with this theory and he started promoting his books about his lecture series and made quite a lot of money and a good number of followers from this. And the theory has never fully gone away after him. It's had its rises and falls, but a version of his theory has stuck around since around 1840. 